about you, mate? What about me? You know, if you keep using Northern Irishisms, I'm gonna start using West Virginia words. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Uh, yeah, I just uh, shaved my head this morning. Gotta yeah. do the Baldy Bishop thing again. Yeah, I can respect that. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you do to shave your head? Um, yeah, I just use like what I would use to shave my face. Like a little so, razor. Like a um, Gillette Fusion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pro Glide. Oof. Lovely. Lovely. They <laughs> I spot, nicked myself they... yesterday though. <laughs> it's, it's it's not all smooth sailing. I nicked myself. Oh man, and... I get the the what do you call it? The razor razor rash sometimes. Yeah. When you cut it a bit wrong, but. Well, it's, it's just yeah. bad when you have a little bump on your head and you nick it. Mm. Because mm. then, uh, you know, you've got it. Because heads bleed a lot, mm. you know? Yeah. I know this is news to our Close listeners. Close to the bone. But um, last night we had a business meeting at the church. Yeah. And before I left for the business meeting, I actually had to put a piece of toilet tissue on it to try to get the bleeding to stop before I got there. And got out of my car and was walking and uh, walked past a car <laughs> and saw myself in the reflection and it was still stuck to my head. <laughs> so almost walked into church looking like yeah. an idiot. It's not all smooth sealing this bald stuff, huh? It's not, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're continuing our smooth smooth transition. <laughs> it's, it's nice. We're continuing our series on uh, bearing fruit. And uh, just just, just uh, very, very quickly, the first of all, we looked at how uh, Christ wants to bear fruit in us, or produce fruit in us, and we saw what those fruits were. And then we looked at Martha, how she was full of activ- activity, but little fruit was being produced. We saw then the next one, how um, really knowing more about Jesus and being served by him changed everything for her. And then we touched on the idea of not being needed, but being loved, how that changes everything for us. So today we're going to look at why it's so important to grasp all of this um, by looking at what humans produce when we're left to our own devices and, and why we produce those things. So we're going to start with the nation of Israel. And this isn't just for us to like pounce on Israel and start giving them a hard time um, in the Old Testament, but to see that all of humanity is broken in this way. So uh, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 to 7. Yeah, I'll read that. Uh, now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. So just, so just stopping there for now, there's the vineyard. So this is fruit producing, or it's meant to be fruit producing vineyard. It's very fruitful hill described as at verse one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the man who's the beloved, he, he clears up the stones, he digs around. So he's, he's definitely getting this field ready. Um, he uses the choicest of vines in verse two. He builds he builds a tower in the middle of it for protecting this vineyard, um, and he builds a wine press in preparation. So everything is pointing towards the fact that he he's really excited about getting grapes from this vineyard. But it says there was there was wild grapes instead. Um, so yeah, just continue on there. Yeah, verse three. And now all inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge please between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it, to, I will lay it waste, it shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns, I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. So this is all obviously a, a metaphor, a symbol of the nation 
well, we, we'll see when we get to verse 7, but God's, this is quite a severe moment then. So there's judgment here because they're not producing these grapes. Yeah. So, so who is the vineyard and what are the grapes is answered for us in verse 7. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is in the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. So yeah, God's looking for the fruit of righteousness, and instead there's wickedness in the nation. So it's wild grapes instead of uh, good grapes. Mm. Jeremiah does this as well in chapter 2, verse 21. He says, I had planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of a wild vine? Mm. Um, and as we get to the Gospels, we get to the New Testament, and Christ continues this <laughs> theme of being the beloved, being God, looking for the fruit in the nation of Israel. Uh, we have Matthew 21, verse 18 to 19. If you remember, as he walks, uh, Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry. He clears the temple of the money changers. Um, so he's gone into the temple looking for righteousness. There was no righteousness there, so he clears the tables. He leaves for Bethany, um, and the next day he comes back to the city. He looks for fruit on the fig tree, and of mm. course, there is no fruit. Yeah. Um, and he withers the fig tree, and all of this is a picture of how he came looking for fruit of righteousness, and there wasn't any. And in, in this prophecy, this <coughs> little pictorial prophecy of, of judgment upon them. Mm. Uh, the next one is Luke chapter thirteen, where if you remember the. Um, for three years, there have been no fruit coming out of this tree. And the gardener's like, just give me one more year to mm. see if there's fruit. And this is Jesus saying, I'm going to give, uh, there's, this is the last chance for Israel to, to prove to be fruitful. Um, and then Matthew 21, again, uh, Jesus is telling the parable about the owner of a vineyard who's built a fence, built a tower, looking for fruit. He leases it out to tenants, like the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and then they end up like, Killing, the, killing his son as he comes back to get the fruit of the land. Mm. So what? So Christ is demonstrating through all of this, through his parables, through his actions, that the nation of Israel has not produced righteousness and justice. Yeah. Um, instead, there was oppression and violence. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we have to see ourselves in Israel, don't we? Mm. And we have to see that... Sometimes I think when we read the Old Testament, and maybe I'm not sure if I'm stealing any of your thunder for, for I guess go for it, man. But um, I, I think sometimes when we when we read about Israel in the Old Testament, we have the tendency to to view Israel with judgmental eyes mm. and look down on Israel mm. and be like, "Man, there's a bunch of sinners." How many yep. times did God come to them and say, "You know, wise up"? Right. And over and over again, they ju they just keep messing up. Yeah. And really, that's that's our natural. Yeah. Um, inclination yep. as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, we're just like that. So, at the moment we look down, we read the Old Testament and look down on the people in the Old Testament and say, "Oh, how could they?" Is the moment we're like the Pharisees saying, "Thank God that I'm not like that tax collector," mm -hmm. and it's the moment we forget the massive beam in our own eye. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like Romans nine talks about it describes the nation of Israel as this privileged and honored people. Yeah. They've been given so much in verse four to five. It talks about all the stuff they've been given. But even though they had all of this, the, the, the glory, the covenant, the law, the temple, the promises, the Messiah, um, they still couldn't produce fruit. And just like you're saying, that's not for us to look and say, man, they're such a mess. This is like, we've been talking about this in church recently, the Petri dish. So God's mm. taken a sample of humanity, yeah. put them in the best of environments, and even then, humanity can't produce yeah. fruit. And, and, and you think about, in the New Testament, sense of what exactly what you're saying is... Um, when we take a step back and look at our lives, yeah, 
like we're we're looking at the Old Testament and we're like, God told them over and over again. Right. But God tells us over and over again, <laughs> do not lie. Yeah. And sometimes we tell a lie to save face or exaggerate or whatever. Right. right. You know, Jesus said if you looked on a woman and lust after her, you committed adultery yeah. with your heart. Yeah. And and still we allow our eyes to wander. Yeah. And don't worry and we worry. Worry. Yeah. yeah. So like we've been given more blessings Mm -hmm. and we've been given very clear commands and we're not keeping them either. So (laughs) uh, uh, consistently and perfectly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Israel is the Petri dish. They're, they're put into the best of environments and they come short, meaning the whole of humanity is going to come short too. So we get down to you and me. We're no better than the nation of Israel. We're not to read the parables of Christ, hear his teachings and woes and assume that we're better than them. We're actually supposed to grieve that even in the most privileged and honored of scenarios, the human heart could not produce fruit that pleases mm-hmm. God. That's what you're supposed to do. You're meant to read this and say, well, even in the best of scenarios, we as humans can't produce God-pleasing fruit. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're supposed to humbly ask almost despairing questions like, if even Israel can produce fruit, then how on earth can I? That's what mm-hmm. this is meant to do. It's meant yeah. to humble us. Yeah. So the human heart is, it's fallen, it's corrupted, it's broken. We are the marred image of God. Um, God made us to reflect his character here on earth. We were to be like him, but we fell and we became rebels. Um, in our natural condition, we are Psalm 1, the wicked. <laughs> You're yeah. driven away by the chaff. We're not the blessed man. We're naturally, we're mm-hmm. the wicked man. We're the antecedent of that whole thing, aren't yeah. we? We're the, um, the scornful. Yeah. Uh, we're the scoffers, you know. Yeah. We're, we're those people. Yeah. Not the blesses the man who does this yep we're the other side of it aren't we yeah but it's so easy to read psalm 1 and other passages and say that's the world out there rather than that's me that's that's who i am outside of jesus and without him working in me so uh, romans 6 21 explains that all we could do was produce fruit that would lead to death romans 7 5 says again our sinful desires led to us bearing fruit that would only produce death um ephesians 5 11 describes our past deeds as the unfruitful deeds of darkness um and then you've got Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 3, don't you? Yeah, I do. And, yeah. and what, what Paul's doing so well is he's saying, we, we, this is you outside of Jesus. This is what you're like outside of him. Um, you know, like, like Jenny from, you know, J- J- Jennifer Lopez, she sings, I'm still Jenny from the block, <laughs> right? <laughs> and Paul's like, hey, remember who you are. Don't ever forget who you were mm. uh, before Christ came to save you. So Ephesians 2, mm. 1 to 3. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Right, so this is telling us, this is you before Jesus came, right? This is your natural inclination. This is where you naturally lean if the Holy Spirit's not at work in you. Um, and Titus does the same. Titus 3, verse 3. We are foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved to passion and desires, spending our lives in evil and envy and hate mm. um, toward other people. So that's us. That's yeah, what we do. It's just a reminder that had Jesus not intervened with his grace. Yeah. Like we, that's that's still who we are. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not just this is who I was before Jesus. It's this is who I am presently. If Christ isn't working in me, yeah. like this is what I produce naturally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it brings into view the 
the two natures that we have. Yeah. So the spirit yeah. and the flesh. Yep. So that flesh is still there. Right. Looking to rear its ugly head. Yeah, every time, which is why in Galatians 5, verse 19 to 21, it talks about the works of the flesh. And, he, and Paul says those who live in such a way mm-hmm. don't inherit. But he's writing to Christians who are still producing these things. He said, like, this is the works of the flesh. We don't read Galatians 5, 19 to 21 and say, oh, that's the world out there. We read it and say, that's me outside of Christ. That's mm-hmm. me without Christ working in my life. And, and Paul really, I think Paul summarizes it in, in just a few words in Romans seven eighteen. He says, nothing good lives in me. Mm-hmm. Not There's not one good <clears throat> thing in my flesh. Yeah. And this is the Apostle Paul saying that. Yeah. Without Christ, there's nothing redeemable in me at all. Right. So I can't produce anything yeah. good. I can't be good. I can't. <laughs> so in me is nothing good. That is yeah. in my flesh. Yeah. Um, so if we go, look, if we look back at the five fruits that Christ calls us to, to bear, and we just quickly summarize those, what, what would they look like? So the first one was our, our, our character, right? The fruit of Christian character. But naturally, what would we produce instead of Christ-like character? It left our own devices, even as Christians. Sinful character. <laughs> it's very yeah. the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you read the fruit of the spirit, the the nine fruit of the spirit, and you just flip them around, and it, that's what we produce naturally, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is why he says it's the fruit of the spirit, not what mm. we can produce in ourselves. Mm. So impatience, hatred, misery instead of joy, all that stuff will be yeah war instead of peace. You know, that's what we naturally yeah, produce. Absolutely. Yeah. If if we look at the uh, at the Sermon on the Mount that we're going through right now. Yeah. You know, the yeah. opposite of all of those things. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? That's what we naturally are going to be producing ourselves. So we get down to um, works, Christian Christian works. Um, again, what we would naturally produce then would be the opposite, right? Our mm-hmm. flesh, if our fleshly character is manifesting itself outwardly, which it will do, mm-hmm. then we'll just be producing selfish rebellious mm. sin. We'll be, yeah. we'll be sinful towards others. I think others. that word rebellion is key, isn't it? Because... Without Christ, when you look at the history of humanity from beginning to now, mm. or beginning to, to end until the consummation of, of everything, um, that is humanity in a nutshell, yeah. isn't it? Rebellion, rebellion, it, it, not not just not I shouldn't say humanity, not just humanity, but um, Christ lackness, mm. if that's a word. Mm. Um, so, so Satan, you know, mm. Lucifer falling from heaven. Mm. Because um, of rebellion in his heart, you know, um, Adam and Eve falling from the garden mm, mm. because of rebellion in their hearts. Yeah. Israel falling because of rebellion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's all we can do. And even if we're trying to do something right, if we're trying to do some act of service towards our brothers and sisters in the church or in family or community, it's going to be marred by our selfishness, our ego, our pride, um, and it'll be the wrong motives in the end. Yeah. So praise was the third one. Mm. Um, how could that be changed if it's all in the flesh? Praise. Yeah. Praise. Sorry, not praise. <laughs> Sorry. How, like how so our so our Christ-like praise is beautiful, delights God. How oh, can yeah. how can it when it comes to the flesh doing the praise instead of the Holy Spirit working through us? What would that look like? Well, everything done in the flesh has ulterior motives, doesn't it? Right. Everything. So, you know, I can praise to be seen of men. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can praise thinking that my praise um, is a cause and effect scenario. Right. So if I praise God, then God will do X, Y, Z to me. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it looks very selfish. It becomes about me and not mm-hmm. about Him. It's the pseudo praise, isn't it? Performance and 
Jesus says in Matthew 15, quoting from Jeremiah, that your lips are confessing me, but your heart's far from me. So mm-hmm. it's just hypocrisy. Yeah. And, and I, I've been there, man. I've, I've sang in church and my heart's been far from the words. I've never done that. Never. Of course I have, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that, but and, and you know, it's more focused on the performance, or I don't like this. I don't like the song, but the word, you know, not even listen to the the richness of the words and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. worshiping God through that generosity. So number four is generosity. What would that look like if it's motivated by flesh? Mm. Well, if it's motivated by the flesh, it's the uh, pay it forward scenario, right? You know, which which seems to be going around still, like. 10, 20 years after that whole movement started. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, do this for me and I'll do that for you kind of yeah. situation. It's almost like a little karma thing, you know, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah, a, It's graceless. Yeah, yeah. It's not grace. It's it's if I do this, then something else will come around for me. Um, I'll give to be seen like the Pharisees. Did Jesus accuse the Pharisees of like, look how much, the, oh, look at those guys tithing so generously. Mm, yeah. um, so they'll do it to be seen as generous. They'll do it to earn favor. Like I'll, I could be, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this for Matt so, he, so I can like, you know, manipulate this, this relationship into something, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or I'll just not be generous. I'll be stingy. I'll be Scrooge. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways that of course, yeah. our flesh can affect our generosity. And then it comes, the final one is conversion or evangelism and stuff like that. And like, I mean, you, we've seen it. I've done it badly and I've seen it done badly. Just anger and pride and arguing. and Yeah. Um, yeah. When, it, when it's done in the flesh, evangelism becomes the goal mm. rather than the glory of God. Mm. And um, I've I've seen that before, and I'm I, and I don't care if anyone hears this, but um, I remember being in in the states one time. I won't say what state, just to save face, but um, but going and doing uh, soul winning, mm. quote unquote, mm. with um, with this one fella, and and we went to the door of this university student, and the whole conversation was, um, you know, almost like a. Um, well, it would be terrible to go to hell, wouldn't it? Mm. That kind of leading. Yeah, and, and don't, yeah. don't you think you need Jesus, don't you? Right. That kind of thing. Right. Almost manipulative. And, and the whole time, I'm not kidding, the disposition of the individual that we were with was, uh, I guess, mm. sure. Mm. Like, he, he was just like... No conviction. Getting no. this guy off my doorstep. Yeah, right. I'll concede your point if you'll go away kind of thing. Mm. And then in the end, it was, um, don't you think it would be good to, to pray to God and ask him to save you? Mm. So, I, I guess, yeah, sure. Mm. Mm. And uh, and I remember going away and going back to the church where all the other soul winners, in inverted <laughs> commas, were, were waiting for us. Yeah. And uh, the guy walking in and saying, oh, there's another name written in heaven, right. you know, and everybody like yeah. cheering. Cheering and, him. Yeah. Notch on the belt. Look, yeah. what I, look what I was able to achieve. Um, and yes, Jesus describes the Pharisees doing this is, you know, you travel land and sea to win someone over and make them twice the child of hell. Yeah. We can't actually see if people and yeah, you're right, man. Evangelism isn't the goal. The glory of God is and evangelism is one of those joyful ways we get to to share. And again, like, man, we we go out three times a week to do evangelism on the streets and there's times our hearts aren't in and we have to pray. We have to ask God for mercy Mm. and Mm. we're doing it in the flesh in those moments, aren't we? And it. Mm. Um, and, and just yeah, God help us to do do it for in the right reasons. You Have you know? ever heard anyone say, "Do, do the does the uh, does the end justify the means?" Mm. You know, and that's, that's that's a valid question to ask, actually. But you can actually flip that as well. Do the means justify the end? Mm. You know what I mean. Mm. So so a lot of times, um, just because we've done something good and done it right by the book in terms of does doesn't mean that we've done it with the right motives. Mm. Yeah, it's all down to the motives, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's this big man. So this is what we produce 
when we're separated from God. And this is this we're trying to do this series because it's like we know what we're like naturally, and we and what we can produce. We can be so busy. We can be doing what Martha's doing: busy serving, distracted, and unloving. And it's really like because this is what our flesh can can produce at all the times, and it'll just be a false, fruitless thing. Um, so yeah, this is why Israel couldn't be fruitful because they're sinners just like us. We cannot produce anything that's God pleasing. Um, the source is corrupted. The roots, the trunks, and the branches are all corrupted, and so the fruit will be corrupted as well because we're not connected ourselves to Christ in those moments. Yeah. So this should really leave us in in a temporary despair because there is good news, but. Just like when we're sharing the gospel with people, we have to get to the bad news and then make the good news good. <clears throat> what we're hoping to do is share the bad news of like, this is what you produce in your mm. own natural flesh so that we're kind of grieving and broken a little bit and desperate, mm-hmm. um, leaving us feeling a little bit helpless and to ask the question, so then how can I be fruitful? How can I bear this fruit that God wants me to bear? Um, and that will leave us to the next couple of times we get together for this series. So, yeah. Good yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it because, you know, it's it's all about where the source is coming from, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is is it coming from the flesh or is it coming from the spirit? Right. Is it coming from me or is it coming from Christ? Yeah. So rather than just being busy on the externals of what mm-hmm. I'm doing, it's the internal of why am I doing this and where's my strength coming from to do mm-hmm. it? Which, spoiler alert, Philippians 2, you know, yeah. both the will and the, and the the strength and the desire comes from him. Yeah. But we'll get more into that in the coming weeks. So. That's good stuff, man. Cool. Let's go shave our heads. Um, I'll, I'll raise a burn if I shave my head again. <laughs>